0: This is USA Takedown, the best guess. All the hot news and predictions on combat sports of wrestling and MMA with your host, the true American, Scott Casper. Connect with him now on social media and check out usatakedown.com. Now it's time for USA Takedown. Hello again,
1: everybody. Live from our Wild Rose Casino Studios, it is USA Takedown. Scott Casper with you. Kira Jones at the helm of the mothership. Great big show on tap for you today. I want to first, before we go to the defense soap guests from uh, this week, I do want to thank all of our guests from last week. It was a remote show at Wild Rose and uh, just in the uh, I guess it was less than 12 hours away from a fight. And uh, I was pleased to be able to do the play by play Had a great color cast as well. But uh, uh, the pay-per-view went off well, it was had a great buy rate. And uh, we can't thank our friends at Wild Rose Casino enough for supporting mixed martial arts, boxing, kickboxing, and wrestling, of course. So thank you very much, Travis and staff. You always make my stay there so very enjoyable. By the way, three great locations, Clinton, Iowa, Emmitsburg, Iowa, and, of course, Jefferson, Iowa. It's Wild Rose Casino Studios, back in the sport like no other. Defense Soap guests on the program today include Tom Elling. He's not just an author. He's been there, done that. Some of our friends we share But Tom has uh, definitely been in this sport for an awfully long time and is still making a difference today. We'll talk with Lee Pritz, largely regarded as one of the great uh, recruiters in the country, outstanding coach, but more than anything, a friend to our sport. Uh, Lee doesn't just pick you up, use you up, and throw you away. Lee's a friend for life. He's been that for me, and I know he can be and is for so many athletes out there as well. We'll talk with Clarissa Kyoko Ling Chun. She'll be joining us. She's a coach now, but man, what a competitor she was. Uh, she has model good looks, beautiful smile, but she will kick your butt. And I'm talking about Clarissa Chen. Sarah Hildebrand's going to be joining us. Uh, we'll talk with her about where she's at in her cycle in terms of uh, preparation for competition. And her friend, our friend, the great Taylor O'Donnell from the hit television show, Alaska, the Final Frontier or the Last Frontier, either way you look at it, it's... Uh, It's a frontier, and it's in Alaska. She's born in Homer, Alaska, raised by her single mom. They built their own log cabin. Now, if you saw the size of these logs, you're thinking, my God, how did they move them? But these are ingenious people, and they got the work done. Taylor, of course, um, um, they lived just down the street from the Kilters. And do you know who uh, Jewel is, the singer? You don't know who Jewel is? The singer. Okay, well, she's a Kilcher. And, uh... (laughs) now making her Million stateside. Okay. (laughs) This is Friday's edition of USA Takedown. And again, uh, thank you for listening. You can tune in each and every week, 9 to 11 on Des Moines Sports Leader, 1021 FM and 1350 ESPN. Also streaming at usatakedown.com. Takes about 45 minutes after air date or after air time, I should say. And then you can find every single show on our website at usatakedown.com. Kira does a remarkable job with that. Thank you. Also now available on iTunes, Stitcher, and the iHeart app. It's brought to you by Barbarian Apparel. And I can't thank those good folks enough. They're back uh, from Europe and uh, the worlds, And uh, Barbarian Apparel, Joshua, his wife and his darling little girl who goes nowhere without her purse. This portion of our program brought to you by Here.com. That's Here.com forward slash Casper. And again, uh, thank you so much for joining us. We have a very interesting guest on to start the program off on our Defense Soap Newsmaker Hotline. He's an author. He's a, a coach, a friend to the sport, former competitor himself, but he's been there, done that. Tom Elling from Pennsylvania is joining us, and you know Tom from Tom's Wrestling page on Facebook. Good morning, Tom. How are you? Good
2: morning, Scott. We're Doing very well. Thank you for having me on. It's a pleasure and an honor. Well, you know, I saw
1: that you have a release of a brand new publication, uh, the most recent edition. And this publication, by the way, goes back a number of years, does it not?
2: I started it about 1997, uh, just to compile, uh, just for myself to see who was back. Uh, the wrestlers are back to kind of watch him. So when I go to tournaments, I would, I would know who was who You can't remember everything. And it started with about 25 pages and now about 400 pages.
1: Every year. Now you can buy this, right? I mean, this makes a great gift. If you want to know what's going on in Pennsylvania. Okay. And its effect, the the ripple effect on wrestling across the country. This is the this is the piece to get. This is the book to get, and I'll tell you why. Because it's filled with the facts, not supposition, but facts. Why is that important to you, Tom?
2: Well, you know, I, I ran, uh, I worked with the PIWA. I helped with the state tournament. I ran regionals uh, for about twenty six years and district tournaments for several years. And uh, I kind of wanted to know as I go along, you know. Who are the, who are the wrestlers? I did some rankings, uh, way back. And that's a full-time job, by the way, buddy, <laughs> but, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I just wanted to know who was who. when I went to a tournament that you, you see a name and you say, well, what did this kid do last year? Well, you can't remember. So I compiled this book that lists every returning wrestler, what weight he or she was at last year, uh, what their record was, one loss, uh, whether they placed in districts, regionals or States. And, uh, the, the grade, their year of graduation, and I have that for uh, every returning kid in the state, which is like like, like about 4,500 kids. Wow. And then the other thing I did was, uh, I, you know, you want to know, like, what year did Wade Shawless win the state championship?
1: 1910.
2: <laughs> but, you know, right? you may not remember right away. So I listed everybody that ever placed in our state tournament from 1938 on. I listed them alphabetically by last name. And then I listed them by school, so the schools can find out. They don't coaches, uh, and I'm sure you know they turn over quite frequently, right? And uh, so they don't always know who, how many place winners they had, whether they in fact had a state champion sometimes. So this, they can they can look at their school and see everybody that ever placed from their from their high school in our state tournament. And
1: and by the way, we teased Wade. Um, he has outlived his hair. But, uh, Wade is a great, uh, a great friend of the program. He sits on the dais with me at the, uh, semifinals preview show at the NCAA he and Nate Carr. Uh, but I have tremendous respect for both of them, but Wade is never afraid to state the obvious, stir the pot and, and get people thinking. And for that, I, I, I absolutely revere him, uh, Tom, and you are right there with him in that I revere what you do. And I'll tell you why, because it's not just, uh, a book. This is a must-have for all coaches, media, fans alike, and it's a great way to take a deep dive into the water. You've done all the work. I mean, I don't, I don't know what your family life is like, but uh, this is a lot of computer or screen
2: time, right? Well, I take some heat sometimes, but <laughs> <laughs> it is. It's it's about uh, four months of work and putting it all together, getting everything, uh, researching, uh, getting it done, and then putting it into Uh, book form so we can send it away to get printed. So, you know, it does take a lot of work, but uh, I I learn and I become familiar with names, uh, you know, and it it compiles everything in one spot. I mean, yeah, you can go out on the Internet and probably find a lot of this stuff, but this is all in one one book, one location, and you can carry it with you to tournaments or whatever. So uh, it includes uh, recent events like Fargo, what happened in Fargo, the Olympics, the World's so I, I include a lot of that too, and I include the NCA brackets and some breakdowns with that. So it's, it's mainly high school, but it includes a lot of other things. Plus, I list the top 100 wrestlers ranked in both AAA and AA, and uh, I rank the teams according to what they have back. I assign points, and so I rank every team in the state.
1: Tom, we're involved in a, in a sport that you and I both knew was dying quickly. And it was a painful death, uh, one that I chose to ignore. I chose positivity. I told Gable and Douglas before I introduced them on stage, I said, stop telling people wrestling's dying, they believe you. I said, change your vocabulary, and they did. But what we're seeing right now is the renaissance, a modern-day renaissance of an age-old sport. We're seeing wrestling rise again, much like the ACC did, and we're seeing wrestling not just because of, not just because men's wrestling is so good, but because women's wrestling has come up and become so strong so quickly. Agree or disagree?
2: Oh, I definitely agree. I definitely agree. And I think, uh, a couple of things have happened. I think what, what happened in the Olympics with the women, you know, and we had the four place winners at our recent PA chapter, of the national wrestling hall of fame. Oh, cool. They came along with uh, Steve Fraser and, uh, Terry Steiner, and they were a big hit. They were so pleasant, took pictures with everybody, talked with everybody. And that was just amazing. And I think that was one event that really helped wrestling overall. And and then I think uh, Gable Stevenson, w- with what he did, and, right. you know, he's, he's kind of a brash guy, as you know, but I, I think what he did and, and just the way he won the Olympics, I, I think that was such a boost to, to uh, wrestling in the United States,
1: too. You know, we look at, I think it's, you know, if there's a bellwether mark, I think we can look back to Rio and Helen Maroulis's performance there and her gold medal performance that NBC chose to ignore. But um, I think that's when we noticed that there was a, a, a great tipping point. The weight definitely was off the shoulder of the athletes, and it was on the shoulder now of the promoters to include women's wrestling in everything, not just as a sidelight or a special feature. But now we're featuring these young women as a, uh, I think a bellwether, almost a harbinger of good things to come. These women are working hard. They don't run away from an, an event after competition or after speaking or whatever. They hang out and they talk with the fans. I don't know if they understand it, but they're certainly getting it and they're exposing themselves and the sport to people who really care. There was a time when guys like John Sachi at Rutgers said, women's wrestling will never have a part in my sport well then john retired and obviously you know he wasn't alone in that opinion but now we look at wrestling and women's wrestling is just inclusive in other words it's anybody and everybody that wants to compete has an equal opportunity equal opportunity to do so would you say that's true
2: I would say it's true, and and we go, always uh, extol the virtues of wrestling, what it does for young men and all that. Well, if that's true, why should uh, women be exclusive? Why should girls be excluded? Right. Uh, you know, I... I I just think it's it's such a great sport, and people like uh, Tamira Mensa Stock with what she did when she won the Olympics and her bubbly personality. Oh wow! And then and then Adeline Gray, you know, just such such a nice, down to earth person, and, mm-hmm. and so thankful. And they'll go anywhere. I mean, I, I think Adeline's in California now. She was in Hershey, Pennsylvania, just a couple weeks ago. So they're <laughs> <laughs> they're like rock stars touring the country.
1: If you've never been to Hershey, Pennsylvania, and you need to go, if only for one thing, Kira, you need to go to Hershey, and I'll tell you why. The smell of Hershey Park is in the air. Yeah, Hershey and Park. Did, Milton Hershey built that whole town with his employees in mind. Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't realize what he did for his employees. while well, they gave back in spades. That's one of the reasons why Hershey is one of the uh, great partners of the National Wrestling Coaches Association. They They have so many different products, but they always find a fit for us, and we're so grateful. We're talking with Tom Elling, noted author, PA Wrestling Handbook. It's a must-have for all coaches, media, and fans. Jason Bryant does try to do this for the NCAA's. It is a never-ending task, and sometimes it's. Uh, uh, I think we forget to thank the authors because, again, it is a lot of work. Um, you know, if you look at Tom, all the great athletes out of Pennsylvania, and people you know that have had an impact on the sport. One would think that Kyle Snyder should have been from Pennsylvania, but was not from Maryland, right? Who, would, right? who would you think has had the most impact on the sport from Pennsylvania on a national stage, and dare I say, even an international stage?
2: Uh, I would say initially, Gray Simons,
3: mm-hmm.
2: and now Gray was not a native of Pennsylvanian. He came from Granby in Virginia Beach, but he came up to, to with Coach Jack, and of course, uh, he was a three-time national champion. Uh, freshmen were ineligible when he wrestled. He was OW a couple times. He won NAIA four times and uh, went on to the Olympic team. Did not lose a match, but because of the black mark system, uh, he didn't place. So I, I think he was maybe the first to make a big impact as a wrestler. And, of course, Billy Sheridan at Lehigh was, was huge uh, Charlie Sparigawa, Penn state, you know, on and on Herb Jack at Lock Haven, oh, wow. just so many, so many great people. And you mentioned Milton Hershey. I'm, I'm not sure if you're aware or not, but, uh, Bobby fears, who was a three-time national runner-up to Mike Russo was a Milton Hershey grad and Bobby's back in Hershey now. Is that right? Uh,
1: huh. I guess you can't go far enough away. I mean, they are one of the largest users of native grown almonds in the United States. Hershey is They. uh, they just do a tremendous job. We can't thank them enough. Tom Elling, our guest, authored the PA Wrestling Handbook, the new edition is out. You must get it. This is something. You can become an instant expert on all things PA Wrestling, but also you can see the ripple effect. And this is so important. We talked with Gable about this at one point, the ripple effect from Gable's coaching. There are so many coaches out there that are coaches now, Division One, Two, Three, JUCO, III, JUCO, etc., that were coached by Gable and uh, and Gable's people after that. And so we have Gable to thank for so much. I know you have a relationship with Dan as well.
2: Yeah, I do. Dan used to come. uh, This was when he was working uh, for the Olympics. He would come to Lock Haven, work clinics, and and come back and stay at my apartment. We, A group of us would go out to play golf, and while we're playing golf, Dan is running the golf course. (laughs) Of course. (laughs) It was just amazing. but but he would come here and we got to be good friends and stayed in touch uh, on and off over the years. So yeah, I, 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 think a lot of Dan Gable.
1: Real quick with time remaining, there's a, a great deal of, um, uh, hoop de hoop about, um, some kids being suspended, not for one year, not two years, but three years, essentially eighth graders, ninth graders that are being suspended for supposedly being a part in uh, some racist commentary. What do you know about this story in Pennsylvania?
2: Well, it's it's a deep story and it's long and involved and more than just meets the eye. But uh, the, the what I I've seen from it is District Six, which is where Bishop McCord is, uh, put them on three years probation, and they uh, they're not allowed to participate in postseason activities. So they can wrestle, but uh, they're on probation and they suspended uh, the coach uh, for for a year. He can't coach there for a year. So it, it, it's kind of like it was a lot of infighting. There was a school involved Forest Hills and the, the coach that went to McCourt was a junior high coach. And there was some static uh, between, you know, some of it I think may be overblown. I don't know all the details, but it, it got kind of bad, got ugly. And uh, the uh, junior high coach was fired. So we went to McCourt and I guess that he took a lot of the, the wrestlers that he coached with him and, you know, it's, it's it's legal, but I don't know what all transpired. So I, I the District 6 uh, meeting, the board meeting, was just two days ago. So I haven't seen all the information on that. And, of course, you get a lot of rumors. And, yeah. and on, on my Tom's Wrestling page on Facebook, I, I have the information there. But I had to shut off the comments because I, I just don't want people – sniping at each other. On, I don't on blame there. That that That's not healthy.
1: Not healthy at all, but what is healthy is the PA Wrestling Handbook. See what I did there, Tom? You did? Yeah, it came right around. Came right around. Tom, nice how transition. Can... <laughs> Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. <laughs> After 37 years in radio, you think I could do it. But even my producer's going, what did he just do? All right, so tell <laughs> tell our listeners how they can get uh, in touch, how they can be a part of this, and how can they order the book?
2: Okay, the easiest way would be to get on my uh wrestling page tom's wrestling page on facebook or you could get on my website which is p-a-w-r-s-l p-a for pennsylvania w-r-s-l for p a w r s l dot com. that'll give you all the details they're over almost 400 pages but i think maybe out-of-state people they say well why should we buy it right and i think i think people that might want to do this for their state might want to use it hopefully as a guide you know and and even show me how I could improve on it.
1: I'd so. rather have too much information than not enough. Okay? And and you know what, Tom, you've done a remarkable job. Yet again, my friend, applause to you. Uh Cure doesn't have that queued up, but uh, it says right here, please insert pause or applause. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> a party of one. <laughs> Tom, hey, I'll take anything I can get, <laughs> especially this hour. Tom, it's yeah. always good to talk to you. Thank you so much for sharing with us. Uh, it's always, I always appreciate talking with people that are knowledgeable and don't lord it over people, but do share it with people. And that's very important to me. Thank you so much.
2: I look forward to seeing you again, Scott. And thank you for having me.
1: God bless you. But thanks for jumping on again. Tom Elling had been on the show before and we'll have him on again, the author of the brand new edition of the PA wrestling handbook. It's a must have for all fans, media, and coaches. Tell you what, we're going to take a quick time out. You're listening to USA Takedown, brought to you by com, Great hearing aids at incredible prices, but more importantly, outstanding customer service. By our friends at Mullet's Restaurant on Des Moines' South Side, the home of incredible hash browns. Yeah, wrestlers, they love the place, and you will too. Stay tuned. You're listening to USA Wrestling on this particular program and on this station, 102.1 FM and 1350 ESPN.
0: All guests on USA Takedown appear on the Defense Soap Newsmaker Hotline. Joe Rogan said, that stuff is awesome. I just ordered a ton of it and use it every day. Defense Soap, it's what the pros use.
1: Well, I'm not paying any attention over here. I'm just having a little coffee, you know, chatting with Kira off air. But uh, now we're back, apparently. Okay. So welcome back to USA Wrestling Weekly. It is Scott Casper, Kara Jones at the helm of the mother ship. Um, by the way, great uh, interview with uh, Joe Russell talking uh, before the men's freestyle competition at the U twenty three Worlds. He and his wife, uh, his brother Dan, been on the show many, many times and uh, great friends to the sport. Outstanding coaches. Uh, I tell you what, we are lucky indeed. All right. Speaking of lucky indeed, there was an opportunity I had a good number of years ago and. I can't even put a pencil to it. I can't think about how long it's been. But a guy that I first met, I think he was at Missouri when we first met, is Lee Pritz, one of America's great, if not the greatest, of all recruiters. He joins us now from Arizona State. Lee, good morning. How are you?
4: Top of the morning to you, Scott Casper.
1: You know what? I think you're in a perfect position. First of all, you pull great-looking chicks, i.e. your wife, okay? <laughs> she is. She's absolutely stunning. But your kids, man! What a, what a what a wonderful family you have raised! Outstanding job by you and your wife.
4: I appreciate it. Uh yeah, I got lucky with my wife. <laughs> <laughs> it was right <laughs> after, up on her.
1: Yeah, you first met her right after her uh, optical uh, test, where she had to have her eyes diluted and all that. So. That's correct. Yeah, <laughs> that's correct. <laughs> <laughs> you were in no, Raleigh it's... at the, at the time uh, with North Carolina State. You did two seasons there where you really did make a difference because it was after your departure. They really started to show and and spread their wings. They really, truly did. And uh, Raleigh was a great place for you. But talk to us a little bit about the time before that because it was the nine years and two stints at the University of Missouri. I remember when you first departed, and I thought, well, what is Brian going to do without Lee? And then you went back. Talk to us about that.
4: Yeah, It was interesting because I was, you know, Brian was my high school coach and obviously an unbelievable mentor. And, uh you know, and then I had an opportunity with Steve Martin at Old Dominion, you know, and he said, Hey, you know, uh, him and I were dear for, you know, he's one of my best friends in the sure. world. And, you know, obviously he's a phenomenal coach. And what he do 13 years at Great Bridge High School and won 12 out of 13 years, Uh you know, won the state title. And, He's like, you know, I got this opportunity at Old Dominion, and you know, I'm not jumping on board with it unless you come. And I said, you know what? I'm let's there. Do it. There. Yeah, I said, let's do it. And <laughs> and and it was an exciting time. You know, I knew, you know, he he was a great high school coach and great at developing people. And you know, I had six years of background now in college coaching, and I was like, yeah, let's see what we can do. And you know, we started to put that program on the map. I mean, it was a lot of fun. And then, uh, yeah, three years later. Brian Smith calls me, and it was, it was actually—I'll tell you—I hadn't had a vacation in like seven years, <laughs> and and uh, I'm, I'm, my family were on a cruise ship, getting ready. To, I mean, we're we're going down, we're going down the intercoastal, and, and getting ready to go out to sea. And Brian Smith calls me; he's like, "Hey, you know, I want you to come home." And I'm like, "Man, this couldn't be worse timing," you know. <laughs> And so I couldn't tell, you know, I didn't want to tell my family and everybody what was going on. You know, I called Martin real quick and I said, Hey, Smith just called me and, you know, we're, we're talking about it. And he's like, okay. So I guess maybe him and Brian were talking a little bit when I, cause once I went out to sea, you know, I had no phone service. So I was basically on the, on, on the ship, just working out twice a day, going, just, you know, just stressed. And it was great stress, right? It was great yeah. opportunities. And I'm, but I'm like, <clears throat> you know, I'm dealing with two people that I'm very, very close with, you know, and uh, and uh I'm like, man, and I want to do the right thing, and I didn't know. But, you know, at the end of the day, I ended up going back and, uh and, yeah, and spent, you know, three more years at University of Missouri before I got the opportunity to go to NC State, which was a dream school of mine.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And it was, and it is for so many. And look at what they're oh, yeah. doing. Look at, look at what they're doing in conference, out of conference, nationally speaking. They go into the University of Iowa at the famed uh, uh, Carver Hawkeye Arena, and they defeat the University of Iowa. Think oh, yeah, about it's that. awesome, right? How, how, do you, yeah. how do you do that? First of all, put Iowa on notice that they can't look over anybody or overlook anybody. But right. that is a day that the wrestling world truly did stand still. There have been several instances of that when the University of Minnesota beat Iowa for the NCAA championship in the same building. You recall that? What was it, ninety-nine. Yeah,
4: and they did it without a finalist, right? They had right. 10 All-Americans? That's
1: right. That's without absolutely finalist. Right. Marty Morgan was on the show uh, just a couple weeks ago. We talked about that and many other things. But one of the things you don't do is go into the backyard of the Hawkeyes and defeat them. And you surely don't lord it over them. That's not in good taste, nor is it a really good idea. I want to go back to, um, if if you think about what I said about Lee being a great recruiter, I want you to think about the names I'm going to read off, okay? Adam Kabbalah, Kyle Hutter, Don Bradley. Some of these guys I have a very good relationship with. So Don Bradley, Nick Maribel, Quentin Godley, Chris Brown, Mark Ellis. Darius Little, blessed. Michael Chandler, what a great guy. Kenny Burleson, outstanding guy. Tyrone T. Wood, Woodley. Jeremy Spates, dear friend, both of us. Ray J. Raymond Jordan. Ben Askren, probably one of the least inventive mixed martial arts fighters of all time. (laughs) (laughs) Matt Pell, maniac Matt Pell. Scotty Barker, and one of my favorite people on the planet, Max Askren, three-time All-American in 08, 09, and 10, NCAA champ as well, co-founder of the Ask, Askren Brothers Wrestling Clinic. i got to believe you're proud of one and all, and I haven't even touched on the guys at Arizona State, but is hey. there is there one of those athletes that quite frankly gets it, that got it, and understands what you were doing all along? from the time you recruited to the time, you know, they walked and got their, got their, uh, degree.
4: Is well, that... let's call it, I mean, truth be told, I mean, there's probably a lot of names on there that I had nothing to do with, with the recruiting and just fortunate enough to be around them. Right. Right. But, uh, you know, <clears throat> here's the thing. And I'm very appreciative of say, Oh, he's a great recruiter. He's this, but at the <laughs> end of the day, you can't do it without, It's not one person doing it. It's every, and it's not just your coaches, right? It's, it's, I can tell you at Arizona state, we have an amazing administration. We have an amazing academic support crew. And when people come here, I said, guys, don't, don't look at how beautiful the campus is. Don't look at how beautiful our facilities. Don't look at how beautiful, you know, the scenery. I said, pay attention to the people that are going to influence your life for, you know, for the next, not only five years, but for the next 40 years, because we're, what they do for you now is going to impact you forever. Amen. And and that's really, I've been fortunate to be around, you know, guys like Jack Spades, Rob Cole, you know, Brian Smith. You know, that crew was teaching me John from day one. Sean Charles. I mean, just, I loved working with Sean, you know, and, and you know, it's it just, I learned from, so, Carter Jordan taught me so much. Obviously, Steve Martin, but there's just so many good people that I've been around that have saying, hey, this is what's important. This is what's important. And these people, very little of it had to do with wrestling. You know, very very little had to do, and and obviously wrestling's the engine that drives us all, right? Right, right. But, you know, in in winning titles or or getting guys on the podium, all that stuff is fun, and helping people accomplish their personal goals wrestling-wise is fun. But at the end of the day, it's where they're going to end up in life. Mm -hmm. You know, how are you helping them be productive in life and that's really the driving force behind all of it so and it came from all those people that taught me before and 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 then i'm here with zeke jones obviously whose goals are are the same you know i mean zeke's one of the most competitive people i've ever been around in my life amen and and uh but at the end of the day ultimately for him it's building success for each individual in their life
1: okay so you're tied to to uh brian smith this isn't just happenstances and two ships passing in the night what, he was your coach during your high school career at western high in fort lauderdale right
4: correct my junior and senior year he coached me and uh <laughs> he 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 actually threw me off the team you know his first couple weeks there <laughs>
1: i'm surprised it took him that long
4: right me well me too <laughs> and and it's the reason i am where i am today you know uh at first I didn't want the story to ever come out, you know, and then I was like, "Why? Wow, it's a great story, you know, and he threw me off the team and I said, Hey, I got to do it. And he's like, no, you're, you're, you're gone. You know, and I wasn't acting right. You know, I wasn't acting right. That's and, right. uh, and he said, you know, he goes, I can't have a punk on my team and, um, you know, and, and I couldn't go home and tell my parents, you know, I'd have gotten in trouble there too. He's like, why'd you get thrown off the team? You know, <laughs> and, and, I didn't do anything. Well, nobody gets thrown off the team for not doing anything. Right, so I would have right. been, I would have been in trouble at home too. So I decided <laughs> to go, we had a, we had a, we had an upstairs wrestling room as well. And I was up there just stance in motion and would leave practice like normal for, you know, and after the end of the week, he heard I was up there and came up and goes, what are you doing? <laughs> I said, I, I just thought it was going to pass over. And he's <laughs> like, you're not on the team. I was like, you don't understand. This has to happen. And now he, he said, no. And so I went home and, told my parents and you know took that one on the chin and uh finally my parents said hey we're gonna go in and we'll talk to them and they went in and my dad and my mom was going in ready to fight you know my dad i thought so too and he walked he walked in and and reached out and shook brian's hand he goes you know brian this is the best thing you've ever done for my son i appreciate it. and i'm like i'm looking over there like what what are you doing you know and it then ended up uh Everyone talked for a while, and he, he basically said, you're on a zero tolerance. You have to have good grade reports and good behavior reports every Friday, and if you do that, we'll be all right. And and I'll tell you, from that point on, I started getting good grades, and it was never a wrestling issue. I always had the good work ethic wrestling-wise, training-wise. It was school. I wasn't into school, and from that point on, it 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 changed me, and I took care of academics.
1: We're talking with a guy who's been there, done that, you mentioned that it takes a village as it were to recruit and recruit cor- correctly i've been at one or two dinners with you and parents and athletes and uh, i basically just sit there and tell my story when people are interested enough to ask which is a huge mistake for some
3: <laughs> but
1: but um you know I, I know it's not about me i'm i'm watching this transpire this 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 visit, on-campus visit with family. And in many cases, you're recruiting the family, perhaps even more than you are recruiting the kid. And I saw the importance you put into that, but more than anything, I saw the end result, which is you did sign that kid, and I think you are at Old Dominion at the time. And uh, I gained an, an amazing amount of respect for you. I already had it, but it just was intensified after that. Speaking of that, talk to us a little bit about Arizona State, as we enter the season, and this is the time when we are expected to start shining. Arizona State is coming loaded for bear. Uh
4: Uh-oh. You just put the pressure on, huh? Just a little bit. (laughs) No, and I like it. We have a a solid team, man. Uh, We have seven returning All-Americans. And, you know, here's what makes our team special is we have one of the most diverse teams you know in the country
3: mm-hmm.
4: and and they come from all walks of life there's a lot of teams but they come from all over and they're very close they're 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 a very tight knit unit and to me that's what makes this team you know probably accomplish more than than maybe what they're capable of you know as individuals i'm sure it is i'm sure it is you know they come together as one and You know, I'll talk last year at the NCAA tournament. We had a rough round, I believe. It was the, uh, it was the Friday morning round. Oh, boy. Where, where, yeah, Friday morning, that's not the round you want to have a tough round in. (laughs) No. uh, No. (laughs) But, uh, you know, and, and I I think we won like one of, one of six matches that morning, you know, and Courtney won in the, in the quarters punching in the semis, but, as a coaching staff, we didn't have to do much. You know, the team came together, and we came back Friday afternoon, and you know, won four four of the five matches that afternoon. Four of the five on on the backside, and uh, and I thought it was pretty pretty neat to watch. And, and one of them being Anthony Valencia, who you know tore, had a second second grade or second degree, whatever you call it, second grade hamstring tear. Uh, that he did in the quarters that morning, and uh, you know he came back and and wrestled for the team and, and got on the podium and but it was it was everyone rallied around each other, and again the coaches could sit back and we didn't have to do much we, we were able to to watch it because they were that close of a unit and and I think and that's what's going to carry this team into future success.
3: Mm.
1: But it's also I think in, in part because. You know, there's an open door policy at Arizona State. Been in that wrestling room many times, been on that campus, have announced events there, and I've loved every single minute of it, believe me. But Arizona State is a very special place. It starts, I think, with the great coaches, but with Art and Kim Martori, the founder of Sun Kissed, uh, and boy, the lives he's touched, amazing athletes, but they go on to do great things. And he also has some pretty cool sandrails. <laughs> Oh, yeah. About a million bucks a copy. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, uh, I do want, without uh, digressing too much, we've got about a minute left. Uh, Lee, I want to thank you. Uh, I want to thank Briggs and Kelby. I want to thank your beautiful wife for allowing you the opportunity to have such an impact on the sport. You can go wherever you want to go and coach, but you choose to be there at Arizona State. I think you found a home, and I think you know that. It's not unlike. Fort Lauderdale, but at the same time, it's a different place altogether. And you guys have got an opportunity to rule the roost within the conference. The conference is only getting stronger, and I believe we're going to see more of that. By the way, I think we're going to see the uh, the pack uh, grow and continue to shine, continue to grow within the sport. But this is a time for Arizona State to really buckle down and get to it. Continue to build on what you've already done. It's always good to talk to you, my friend. And by the way, those folks at Eastern Michigan, they had no idea what hit them when you got on campus at 118 pounds.
4: (laughs) Uh, uh, In a lot of different ways. Yeah, that's what we're talking about. I got the
1: backstory right in front of me. That's what computers are for.
4: (laughs) Oh, if Coach Gaskin can talk right now. (laughs) (laughs) It's like
1: Kelly Ward says, once they take the badge off as Secret Service people and they're out of country, they let their hair down. And there's plenty yeah, of, there's, that's right. pl- there's plenty of proof out there from <laughs> news reports from other countries about Kelly and his buddies.
3: <laughs> <laughs> right. Anyway,
1: I love you much, brother. You know that. My best to the fam. My best to uh, Zeke and the balance. Uh, you guys are doing great things out there, and we're looking forward to it. We'll have you on as uh, we get into the season, talk a bit about what's going right and uh, improvements that you need to make, okay?
4: Sounds good, man. You know, I love you, too, and I appreciate you, Scott Casper.
1: Thank you, buddy. I appreciate you, too. One of the absolute true giants of our sport, Lee Pritz. He could be a head coach at almost any place he wants to go. But you know what? He's very happy doing what he's doing. And I guarantee you, Zeke Jones, the head coach there at Arizona State, is equally as happy with what Lee is doing as well. You don't need to tell him to do things twice. All right, there's a great deal of uh, chatter going on about Pennsylvania unplanned unrehearsed we have one of the guys at the very heart of the story bill bassett's going to be joining us here in a matter of moments stay tuned this is usa takedown on espn
0: all guests on usa takedown appear on the defense soap newsmaker hotline two-time world champion terry brand said we use it in our showers and in our room defense soap it's what the pros use
1: All right, welcome back to the show. It is USA Takedown, coast-to-coast, border-to-border, and all those ships at sea. Bishop McCourt wrestlers are facing a three-year postseason ban. The coach suspended due to alleged recruiting violations. All sports teams on probation. Obviously, the school plans to appeal. We will stand by our friend, as is the the uh, principal, okay, at, uh, at Bishop McCourt in Pennsylvania, Thomas Smith. He said that uh, he's going to stand by Bill the whole way through this. I know Bill Bassett, and believe me, I'll stand by Bill all day long. He joins us now at the last minute. Good morning, Bill. How are you?
5: Hey, how are you doing? How are you?
1: I'm upset. I got to tell you, I'm upset because supposed violations. I've never seen a violation or a, uh, uh, a ban this severe for no, kids so, this so, young.
5: No, so there's... Si- yeah, they're saying right now that it's the harshest penalty that the PIWA has ever laid on somebody. And it's actually not even at the PIWA level yet. It's at the district level. Right. And and Bishop McCord is going to be appealing it. But as of right now, going into this, you know, they, they basically gave the death penalty to some of our, our you know, some of our Odo wrestlers. Um, you know, Mason Gibson, Eric Gibson. Mm-hmm. I mean they took Eric Gibson's eligibility away last year because of, of racism issues at another school. And he's going into his senior year, and, and they're you know right now they're taking away his senior year as well, you know. And I mean, it's been a goal of his, and it's been it's a big deal for any PA wrestler to win a PIAA state state championship. And uh, you know, when we had to tell the wrestlers yesterday, it was it was heartbreaking.
1: So Bishop McCord Catholic High School's wrestling team was slapped big time, and, and it was a slap heard around the country. Make no mistake about it, the importance of this, because so goes Pennsylvania, so goes America, right? It's an extraordinary Absolutely. band that could keep its athletes from competing in postseason. Forget this kids, not one, not two, but for up to three years.
5: Yeah. And the entire team, you know, and that's the thing is there was very, very little evidence. You know, it's, it's a complete double standard for the fact that, you know, me as a coach, mm-hmm. I've never done anything different. Like I've, I've done workouts and, and they're, they're trying to say like there was illegal workouts at 5. AM. I've been doing these workouts when I coached at public schools you know, the double standard is, you know, now I'm at a private school and, you know, the, the public schools are, are the ones who voted on it. And, you know, they're the ones that come down hard on this. And, you know, I mean, you have COVID at, you know, these, these families are, are transferring here because of the COVID education, right? because of, the racism, of. It, yeah, the racism issues that was going on. You know, everyone's well aware of that over the, you know, two years ago, there was racial situations going on big time. And, um, You know, and I, you know, that's what they're, they're overlooking. They're just looking at the wrestling part of it. And what they don't understand is the wrestling, the varsity wrestling team right now has three guys. That's it. it. I never, I never coached one day yet. I got hired, but we didn't even start our season and they are already, you know, they're trying to disband this this team, you know, and and they have no idea that it's, it's based off of COVID, you know, everyone's transferring here because the education was top notch here. Um, Bishop McCourt was open for 158 days last year. Where, or I mean, over COVID, whereas most schools were virtual, and I mean, parents, you know, parents see that.
1: In other words, closed.
5: Yeah, exactly. Of course, closed our educators not worksheets or whatever. Yes.
1: Yeah, our educators know so well how to treat our children. They proved that out Correct. recently in Virginia, I think.
5: Yeah, correct. Um, exactly.
1: Bill Bassett, our guest, he previously served as a junior high school coach at famed Forest Hills. He was named the District 6th Junior High School Coach of the Year after his team went undefeated during the 2019-20. Is it time for morning announcements? It
4: sure
1: is, Anyway, uh, ranked number one of the state. Um, you, you have been around the world, literally, because of uh, Bo, his cousins, sons, Eric and Mason Gibson. But they're transferring, and they're, they're coming because they want a great education. They want an opportunity to compete and be noticed, perhaps, dare I say, get an offer to wrestle at any school, let alone a Pennsylvania school. But this yeah. is what it's going to do. It's going to take these kids out of sight, except if they, if they want to wrestle a gray shirt, maybe they want to wrestle in a tournament of some kind. You know the quest for state gold is set aside now. Okay, and
5: and it sure is. And, 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 and you know, in Pennsylvania, it's very, very important. Sure. you know, to win a high school state title. And and this is like you know, to, to see all these kids' dreams crushed yesterday. You know, over you know some adults really taking some harsh actions for the very little little evidence or you know little case that they have was was re- really really disappointing. You know, to me as a dad, as a coach, as a teacher, as an educator you know, as a Pennsylvania uh, wrestling, you know, supporter and somebody who really, you know, appreciates the wrestling here, you know, the parents from, you know, the wrestling parents and the wrestling community, you know, maybe not the local community, but the, the, the outreach of the people across the, the country and across the, you know, the even the state of Pennsylvania has been tremendous, you know, and everybody, you know, from people in California, to people, you know, in our region are saying like, this is the harshest penalty they've ever even heard of. That's like, right. They could so- see it they could see uh, if something crazy was there but there, there's nothing there.
3: Kira.
6: Uh just uh, believe it or not not everybody lives in Pennsylvania.
3: <clears throat> oh that's true. <laughs> I've heard that. I have heard.
6: Uh that. so catch us up. What evidence did they have? What's the what's the story here?
5: Yeah, so so they so they approved they approved 13 wrestlers and then there was one that was transferring in. He was a junior or a sophomore, I'm sorry, a sophomore. You know, and he's a very average to below-average wrestler anyway. He was just friends with with some of these guys through club wrestling and things like that. And there was a picture of this this individual at my house during my son Bo's welcome home party. You know, and Bo won a world title for Team USA. And he was just a part, and and he was also one of Bo's teammates when Bo was at Forest Hills. And there's a picture of him at our house, and there's a picture of him working out in my basement at five in the morning, (laughs) you know, but what people don't understand is I've been running 5 a.m. workouts for, for years. I mean, when I, when I coached at Forest Hills, we ran it. And that's part part of the reason why we were so successful is we had a lot of buy-in to becoming a great wrestler, you know, and then whenever I came to Bishop McCourt to take over the head coach, the high school program here, why would I change anything? And I didn't change. We continued to work hard. And I think that's ultimately where this is coming from is, you know, instead of trying to match the effort and, and match the hustle, I think people are just trying to take us down and they're Dumb, trying to do everything they can.
1: Dumbing it down. By the way, Tom Elling was on uh, early in the hour. Uh, the author, uh, Tom, the PA, great guy. Yeah, he speaks highly of you as well. He uh, was as surprised, I'm sure, as you are, as I am, as many in our sport uh, are. Again, we've never seen anything like this. And uh, I'm nonplussed. Uh, what you've done with the Ranger Pride Wrestling Organization, gosh, national attention there, because it's not just the the kids that are rising to the occasion, Bo included, but it's all those wrestlers that are affected because of Bo's performance, because of what he's been able to do internationally and nationally. These are high-level athletes that we expect to see on the NCAA podium in years to come. And this is one of those roadblocks, and and I'm going to say roadblock, not a speed bump. This is a roadblock because of jealousy absolutely that's that's it that's the bottom line and william marshall chairman of the district six executive committee declined to go into specifics about the proceedings i wonder why i think those with the least amount of information are the first to talk what do you think yeah i
5: mean i definitely you know as far as you know where he's coming from and things like that um, you know, I, I can't really speak on his behalf, but I, I can honestly tell you from our behalf is, you know, like Mr. Smith, the principal here, you know, they, they asked about each kid who transferred and each kid who transferred after I, I was the hired coach here, you know, and he has all legitimate reasons, you know, from COVID education to sure. racism to, you know, one, one family followed their followed their daughter, which is going to a college up here, which they which District 6 knew nothing about they followed their, their daughter all, all the way up here to go to college. She's playing soccer at a school right around here, and that's why they came here. Mm. And then they looked around, and they found what school was providing the best education, and, and you know that's what they told Mr. Smith in her interview. All right, you know, next, it had nothing to do with wrestling.
1: Next step. There is no rationale. Okay, and I'm reading this. Bishop McCourt is being required to develop a form that outlines the questions that the Bishop McCourt admin will use to determine if there was any athletic intent any time a student transfers into the Johnstown School. The form will be submitted to the district chairman. That's dangerous, okay? The form will be submitted to the district chairman in coordination with the submission of the transfer paperwork in the PIAA portal. Smith said the punishments handed down by committee members were unfair. You think? I think not only are they unfair, they're unfounded. Mr. Is, it, is there, like, a fire test at your school right now?
3: <laughs> no,
1: changing
5: class, I apologize for that. No, I have to, I listen, apologize. this
1: is a last-minute thing. No, neither of us planned this. It's a severe okay, fire. We're, we're... <laughs> <laughs> All right, so in the end, what do we hope to get from this besides some clarity?
5: You know, we're, we're praying that the PIAA, you know, just takes a good hard look at this and, and understands, like, the punishment doesn't even come close to what they claimed even the crime was, let alone, they don't really have anything, you know, even if they did, I mean, it's a severe, I mean, to, to hold kids out for three years and I mean, ultimately give kids the death penalty of never being able to compete high school, you know, in, in Pennsylvania again, is, is very se- severe, mm-hmm. you know? And I mean, again, like we're all in it for kids, you know, you know, everyone, everyone knows anyone that knows me knows that, you know, it's just not about me. It's not about my boys. It's about, my whole wrestling family that we've created over years. Right. And you know, that if, if they're going to come down hard on me and they have evidence, I'm okay with it, but I know they don't. But what really, really bothers me is the fact that, you know, they're taking, they're taking kids careers out of their hands. And, That's right. you know, a lot of these kids are, you know, their dreams to win a PIAA state title, their dreams are to be wrestled D one and win NCAAs. And we have some really, really, you know, kids who, work their butts off to do that, that's you know, right. and, and it's the, that's the shameful part.
1: And Smith, by the way, your boss? Yes. He said that 88 students have transferred to Bishop McCourt due to its pandemic response or basically insisting that we can do, uh, we can teach and be responsible, uh, medically speaking, to the pandemic. About 10, ten of so, those, 10 of those 88 eight. kids were wrestlers. 10, just 10.
5: 10 and- and here's the here's the crazy part about it. Is they came from 24 different school districts across the entire region, you know, and, and you know, the, everyone wants to just tag the wrestlers and stuff like that just because they're they're middle school wrestlers. But I mean, you know, they also play football and, and there's there's kids who transferred there. You know, there's there's a, a, a district right across the road here and there's 20 kids who transferred from there. And it has absolutely nothing to do with anything but the education. You know, I know me as a father. You know my biggest thing was you know Bo was doing online stuff, and he, you know by eight eight thirty in the morning he was telling me he was completely done with his assignments for the day, you know whereas like you know Bo's a great student, but Bo also needs to be in a classroom with real teachers real and that's people. what attracted us to this, not to mention you know he was really really you know getting beat up at, at his old school over the whole racism thing and being related to the Gibsons, and that was something we didn't want to you know we wanted to get him out of that toxic environment and now. You know, for us making a, a good choice for our sign, you know, he's getting penalized for this.
3: Mm.
1: We're talking with um, Bill Bishop. Uh, you can look for him on Facebook. Surely, surely the evidence will play out and be uh, not just documented, but also be presented in such a way that uh, this may even affect the bylaws of the PIWA. Okay. They have the right, Bishop McCourt does, to appeal to the PIWA, And we'll see how that progress plays out. And that is that process, I should say, plays out. But club coaches serving as high school coaches can be a slippery slope. You guys have to be very, very careful when it comes to transfer students, right?
5: Oh, absolutely. And, and we know that. And, I mean, I actually, Mr. Smith, when I got hired, we called the D6 chairman. And we actually had a meeting with him because they knew I was a club coach. And they knew that I, you know, that, and I also in the compound, which I work with, at, you know, all athletes in all sports. So we actually had a meeting, and, you know, it was a very, very good meeting. It was productive, and Mr. Marshall was, you know, I mean, he was open to it, and and we talked about it. And then I did nothing different than I did, like I said, for the last five or six years. Right. And that's where they're trying to jam us up, and, and there's no, you know, there's no legs to stand on with that.
1: Our guest on the Defense Open Newsmaker Hotline is Bill Bassett. He's the father of two very fine young men, uh, most notably, of course, Bo and his world uh Uh, Class performance in, what was it, Sofia, Bulgaria?
5: It was actually in Budapest.
1: Budapest, all right. Yes. Uh, Yes. There's just so many uh, questions unanswered here, so many so that people have to wonder how a decision was arrived at for this, let alone a one-year, two-year, now a three-year suspension. And the appeals process better darn well be transparent because I guarantee it, there are attorneys waiting, just waiting. To speak out on the behalf of you, the athletes, and all the parents that you know are represented. This is not right. I'm on, you know, I'm on record as being not just a friend of yours, but a supporter in the way you've done things, the way you do things, the way you treat your athletes, the way you interact with your parents. This is the way it should be done. And quite frankly, I think you're getting the short shrift, if you will, the the pointed end of the stick. It's not fair. It is absolutely not fair. No, and it
5: definitely isn't, you know, and that's the thing is, you know, the walking into it, you know, we knew going into it, it was, you know, we were probably not going to win because it's all local private or public schools. And, you know, I think, you know, the best thing that can come out of this is the PIAA one sees it, you know, district six went above, like they went out out of control with what they did And two, I think the PIAA, it would make more sense if, you know, if like, you know, your case was heard outside the district, meaning like maybe district 10 listens to a district six case and maybe district six listens to a district three case. Because again, I think, you know, you get that, you know, you have the the whole animosity, you know, between the school districts that are going to be competing against each other. You know, that's where I think like it it becomes really unfair, Mm -hmm. you know, it, you know, and in a, in a court of law, it's you know you're you're innocent until proven guilty, whereas you're guilty until proven innocent. Whenever it comes to this kind of stuff, and you know, I really think that that you know needs to be looked at. And I th- and, you know, I I have all the faith in the world in the P.I.A. and I have all the faith in the world that they're going to look at this. And and you know, they're four kids and they're four athletes, and, and they understand it. You know, the amount of work that these kids put in, and you know, and I think that they're gonna that they're gonna see that this is. You know, very, very unjust, and mm-hmm. they're going to make the right decision.
1: Get back to work, Bill. I appreciate you. Thank you, Thank you so much. <laughs> I appreciate you jumping on the show and opening up some eyes. Bishop McCourt, wrestlers facing three-year postseason ban, coach suspended due to alleged recruiting violations. I'll get this, all sports teams on probation. There's something wrong here. There's something absolutely wrong. It may be the lead in the water in Detroit, but here I guarantee you it's competitive nature, and we've got to stop it. We've got to stop it, indeed. All right. Thank you, Bill.
5: Hey, thank you so much. Thank you. You
1: bet. One of the absolute best people in our sport. Okay, Bill Bassett, uh, we're going to take a quick time out, top of the hour, in front of us here. Kira Jones, Scott Casper. We are live from the Wild Rose Casino Studios, 9 to 11 a.m. today on Des Moines Sports Leader. It's 102.1 FM and 1350. This is ESPN Radio.
0: Think you heard everything? Stick around. You ain't heard nothing yet. More USA Takedown after this.
4: Nibbling on sponge
7: cake. Watching the Sun. Babe. Little
1: Jimmy Buffett bringing you back on this Friday. Scott All Casper, Carra Jones with you on 1350 ESPN, also 1021 FM ESPN radio. We do it upright each and every Friday. We talk combat sports last week on location at Wild Rose Casino in Jefferson Fight Night. It was an outstanding night of fights. I did the pay per view play by play, had a great deal of fun doing that. But I'll tell you what, we had great competition. That's what it's all about. One of those athletes that has understood that great competition uh, can be hand in hand with the presentation of our sport. On our Defense Soap Newsmaker hotline is Clarissa Kyoko Myling Chin. She joins us now, this Clarissa. Good morning, Clarissa. How are you?
7: Good. Good morning, Scott. How are you? I'm
1: good, kid. It's been a while since we talked, but I'm so glad that you took the opportunity to join us talking with Coach Steiner. I think he's in Serbia.
7: Yes, okay. he's in Serbia. And, yeah. And I
1: said, I want to do a full hour on women's wrestling. I want to have uh O'Donnell on. She's a great friend of the show. Great friend of our sport. Awesome. You know that. I want, yep. to, I want to have Sarah on. Sarah Hildebrandt. Talk about a tough oh, young she's lady. Awesome. But, yeah. But I want to have somebody who's doing a great job of melding into the fabric that is our sport because that's what assistant coaches do, okay? Mm. <laughs> uh, but you are one of those that we identify as being a um, a pioneer in our sport. Yeah. You were the first woman uh, from uh, the great island nation state, if you will, of Hawaii yeah. to win yeah. uh, national acclaim. Talk to us a little bit about your road to to Colorado Springs because it wasn't always easy.
7: Yeah, um, like you said, I I feel like there are a lot of females before me that I didn't even know of, like the Trisha Saunders, the Stephanie Muratas, and even before all that, like Asun and Marie. Oh. But um, I guess I would I would consider myself a pioneer in Hawaii women's wrestling because I was part of that first. Uh, high school girls state state championships, but my journey went on to Missouri Valley College. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had no clue what freestyle wrestling was. Uh, <laughs> learned learned the rules as we went along, right? Like um, <laughs> even our uh, college coach wasn't like adverse in the freestyle rules. So I remember we got to go to the Kiss tournament, first tournament of the season, school year, and. He was like, we're going to learn the rules here, you know, we're just learn as we go. And I thought that was uh, great of Missouri Valley College to keep it freestyle because uh, the head men's coach wanted to bring in a women's program and coach Mike Marko and for him to have visions of bringing in girls or women to Missouri Valley and having aspirations for them to make world and Olympic teams. Well, well, at that time, there was no Olympics for women, but world teams, you know. And then in 2002, uh, it was announced that women's wrestling was going to be in the Olympics in 2004, and Olympic Training Center in Colorado Springs opened up, and I felt that I had to just jump on that.
1: So. Mm. And jump on it, you did. You become yeah. uh, became an Olympic medalist, a four-time U.S. Open champ, University of Colorado Springs alumnus. Uh, and now the National Wrestling Hall of Fame, the Board of Governors mm-hmm. and those that vote
3: has, oh, announced, wow.
1: has announced you as a member yeah. of the National Wrestling Hall of Fame class of 2022. What yeah. were how did how does this I've made a couple of the phone calls myself. OK, I'm on the pro side, letting athletes know that they're being inducted in the Hall of Fame. What was that moment like for you when you were informed of the decision? of the uh, of the governing body, as it were in the in the national wrestling hall of fame
7: uh just been uh like I just thought it was insane just cause, um <laughs> there's not very many women in the Hall of Fame right now, but there's gonna be many many more in the future, and I just feel very honored to be amongst like so many great uh wrestlers, male and female, that I look up to you know throughout my career. And just to be a part of that history, I guess, <laughs> is, like, amazing. You know, this... And I laugh because it's like sometimes I think, wow, okay, does that mean I'm old? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I guess it's all relative, but no, it's a huge honor to be inducted.
1: Yeah. So we're talking with Clarice Um She has model good looks. She has a... No. A physique that was absolutely designed to be an athlete and to be a wrestler, and in point in fact, we were the beneficiary of that. You're being uh, inducted and in, and with a, a distinguished class, a very very distinguished. Yeah. Sarah McMahon, yes, Andy Rain, Jake Varner, that uh, uh-huh. the terrible tyrant from uh, from Bakersfield. Yep. Goodness sakes, meritorious <laughs> official Tommy Clark, posthumously of course. Order of Merit mm-hmm. recipient Mike Moyer, deservedly so. Mm-hmm. nobody was beating the drum more loudly and for longer about women's wrestling than Mike Moyer right. And, right. and Melissa Simmons gets the medal of courage as well. Yeah. And this is by the way, the first time that more than one female distinguished member has been selected. Okay. And here's yeah. why this is important because it's like Trisha Saunders and Christy Davis and all yeah. of these, these women, these ladies that have gone on before Uh, really set the stage, and now you guys are picking it up. It's not just that they're celebrating the bronze medal you won in London in 2012. I was so happy, by the way, for you. But it's it's the fact that you have led the way with your head held high, and you said, follow me, okay? There are leaders, and then there are great leaders. You are a great leader. I was talking with Terry Steiner's wife, who will be on the show next week. Uh, about you and and she was filling me in on on quite a few behind the scenes stories we won't get it go into those uh, (laughs) on the air but i will tell you this hopefully all good (laughs) yeah they're all great (laughs) but I, i will tell you that there's so much respect out there some people are even saying that they wonder and jody inclusive by the way they wonder why it took so long to get you to this point in other words being recognized by the jury of your peers Whenever it comes, I think it's cool, no matter what. But this is a time when we are celebrating the renaissance of wrestling, and it's because of women's wrestling. Do you feel that?
7: Yes, absolutely. Like I feel that the growth of women's wrestling is allowing for opportunities women for women to like just be involved and have find themselves through the process of everything that they're being a part of the sport and even finding confidence along the way, you know, like I feel for me that, you know, Jody is so awesome. Like she's an inspiration to me. such a great mentor and a leader for me that I've been around for almost 20 years that I've been with the program alongside with Terry, whether as an athlete or coaching alongside with him. But You know, there's many moments where I'm like, I question myself, my confidence, and my good enough, you know? I
1: I could never even guess that. I just, I can't (laughs) even imagine that because you've always been so accomplished and so confident publicly. There is a softer side to it. Is that right? I didn't, I I could never have
7: guessed. It's hard for me to like, uh, like take that, you know, like, um, in the sense of like, if you ask me like, oh, how does it feel? I'm like, oh, that's great. I'm like, what about all these other women? Like, what about uh, Iris Smith? And oh. you know, there's so many more like that were before me, or are amazing. You know, that I'm like, I want everyone in.
1: <laughs> right. <So.
7: laughs> but that's so, that, um,
1: that's that's the generosity of you. That's a young lady that was raised by her parents and family, in that she wants everybody to come along with, yeah. and that is that is a very generous place to be. And our sport, I think we're seeing less, uh, it's all about me, and it's more that we're seeing, it's more about us. And I'm I'm hoping that's not just me and my rose-colored glasses. I think it's true, especially because of our women wrestlers. There are young women out there that look up to you because you have been their hero. That is pretty darn cool.
7: (laughs) Yeah, well yeah. Hard to imagine, but, you know, like for, I just, like as an athlete at that time, it was just, just got to do what you got to do to achieve what you want to achieve, you know, and do it right. And so that, that was just kind of my mentality. I never really thought about the effects of, you know, others looking at me because I always felt maybe a little bit uncomfortable with that, (laughs) the thought of that, (laughs) even just the thought of that. Right. But, um. But if I'm in front of them and you know they're expressing you know whatever they see in me, I'm I take that in and I'm like, oh, you know, yeah. that's I'm I'm glad that there's a positive like message. Oh, absolutely. My name, so. and, and
1: and 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 women like Sally Roberts who yes. really have understood the politics of it. And believe me, if you don't think there's politics in this, fans, there is politics, yeah. as exhibited by. Bill Bassett, he was just on the show, is exhibited by Bill Bassett, the PIAA, and what's going on there with the suspension of those athletes and sports okay. teams all on probation there. Bishop McCourt is going to go to, I guarantee you this going to go to court. Got to. Mm-hmm. District 6 needs to stand up and, and, and be recognized for what they've done wrong. We're talking with Clarissa Chen, 05 uh, Olympic medalist, and my goodness sakes, what an athlete. I mean, it was it was an uh, outstanding performance in London. How well do you remember it? And is that a, romant, uh, a romantic place in your heart, thinking of London?
7: Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, that's almost like almost 10 years ago. <laughs> um, <laughs> there are definitely like moments that like stick out in my head that will just be there hopefully forever. But, um, yeah, I just, I yeah, I don't go back to that moment very often but when it was brought up it brings
3: back great memories so <laughs> if,
1: you, if you think about it clarissa um we go back to 2008 okay you won mm-hmm. the world championship even then i don't know that you knew how good you were let alone how good you would become you mm-hmm. captured bronze at the olympics in 2012 talk to us about that four-year span because truly that is a four-year span that you are giving your life your time your mm-hmm. efforts your treasure this is a right. time when you are exercising your ability on behalf of the United States of America. I don't know if athletes stop and think about it, but, uh, you know, we recently had a young lady who wrapped herself in the American flag as she won mm-hmm. Olympic gold. And you know who I'm talking mm-hmm. about? Yes, I'm yes, ju- I'm just, Tamara. T- yeah. I'm yeah, 's just, and she'd been on the show talking video games with my producer. I thought that was very <laughs> unfair for Kira to, to usurp the entire interview to talk about, was it video games, or was it...
6: It was, it, first of all, it was anime. Anime, sorry. Yeah. Which <laughs> makes me sound even more like a dweeb. Oh, uh, no, that's
3: awesome. Second of all,
6: it wasn't producer. the whole interview. Yeah, well, it was like a good majority. Of it. Anyway, we're talking, here we go again.
1: Clarissa Chen, our guest yeah. on the Defense Soap Newsmaker Hotline. If there was one moment in time, take from your senior year in Hawaii, Notice, uh. notice how I say that correctly. Hawaii. Hawaii. Mm-hmm. Oh, look at Hawaii. Uh, but from, from your senior year in Hawaii to where you are some 20 years later, um, what would that moment be? What stands out in your memory bank as being that tipping point, that moment? Because I I do believe that your career runs uh, right alongside the rise of women's wrestling. I truly do. I think you can mark time by what you accomplished.
7: Yeah, uh, that one comes easier to me to think about that one moment in time. And it was Olympic trials 2008 to have to make that Olympic team um, in 2008. For me, it was I was always two and three for eight years. And it was not, it was more because I, for me, I felt like I didn't, I had a lot of self-limiting beliefs, you know, as far as, like, if I was capable of ever getting to the top of the podium. But in 2008 Olympic trials, it was, you know, I put in the work. I started believing in, like, I can do this. I can beat Patricia Miranda, who is Olympic bronze medalist, world bronze medalist, you know, and she... In
1: one tough cookie.
7: Really tough. (laughs) Trained hard. I trained alongside her. Yeah, she's tough smart awesome woman and you know sometimes you know there were times where it's like i don't know like she deserves it right in my head and it's like well what am i doing here you know like (laughs) is this my path like do i want to be on this path to just be a training partner a workout you know you know it's like i i'm competitive too and uh olympic trials um me, the person that showed up, right, Right. that day was, like, the moment of, like, wow. I I put it all together in the sense of believing in myself to go get it, you know, and I had to go get it from her, and that's how I had to look at it, you know, and that was a turning point for me, and for the quad leading into 12, that was an up and down thing for me because, like, I wish I could say that I was a consistent, like, Wrestler competitor on the mat, but I wasn't, you know, I didn't know that I was going to wrestle beyond 2008. And I taught English in Japan for a little bit, so I left and because I thought I was going to be done. And then I was really uneasy about the result of my 2008 Olympics. you know, like I took fifth, I lost in the bronze medal match, and I was just feeling like I was better like I had more in me it was like living with regret like I wish I could have done more you know in my semi final match like I wish I should I should have could have would have whatever you know exactly. and I wanted to re- rewrite that story you know and so I left Japan came back and started training had some injuries along the way um like shoulder injuries and but um found found my way found my way back you know and just stayed the course once I came back to the U.S. to like that drive that I had, you know, or have to achieve more for myself.
1: So. If if you are in a class and you are working with Clarissa, I was in that position, by the way. <laughs> in that she was hired, I think by NBC. Not quite sure who who hired you to uh-huh. to do interviews and whatnot. And I thought, oh my God, I'm I'm out of work. no you know
7: what uh that you know Scott like that's funny you say that because when I was in high school I took like an interpretation class you know and when I got to college I thought you know like communications is what I want to do that would be so fun and whatnot and oh my gosh I felt like okay I'm more of a maybe I should figure out the camera behind (laughs) the scenes you know because being in front is not like I was terrified like asking questions and i was like that is a special unique like skill that you have that i mm
3: yeah
7: your job is way safe you're good (laughs) wow
1: you're the only one that's been able to assure me of that Uh, (laughs) by the way you have lived your life out loud and for that i appreciate it um you are absolutely one of our heroes and we could not have done this show without you. I would not have wanted to do this show at least this hour as we salute you and those that are being inducted in the National Wrestling Hall of Fame. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's people like you that make this job for me real and fun. And uh, Clarissa, I admire the hell out of you. I really, truly do. And I join a myriad of people that, uh, that feel the same way. Thank you for your leadership. Continued success as a coach. I know we've lost you as a competitor, but by God, I enjoy every minute I got to watch you compete.
7: Thank you, Scott. You do so much for the sport of wrestling, and thank you for reaching out and your involvement in all of wrestling and getting the getting the stories out there. So.
1: It's, it's absolutely our pleasure. Yeah. You know that. My best to everybody, and uh, I'll talk to you soon, okay?
7: Yes, thank you. Sarah Hildebrand's coming up.
1: You bet. We're looking forward to it. Oh, yay. Yay. Clarissa, so hey.
7: I, yeah.
3: Well. <laughs> <laughs> and
1: hopefully Taylor will send me yet another smoked salmon. Come on, cross your fingers <laughs> for me. All right, Clarissa Chen heads yeah. to the showers. Clarissa, thank you. Have a great rest of your day. And we thank look you. forward to our next hop, uh, opportunity to talk, okay?
7: Awesome. Thank uh, you. Have You're, a good day. You too.
1: Bye. One of the absolute best. Clarissa Chen, Sarah McMahon, Andy Rain, Jake Varner, all going into the... Uh, the Hall of Fame class of 2022. When we come back, our Hall of Fame producer, Kira Jones, will be joining us on air as we continue our conversation with our women. Sarah Hildebrand's coming up next, a 2011 Penn High School graduate who literally has grown up in our sports. Stay tuned, there's more. This is USA Takedown on ESPN.
0: USA Takedown is brought to you by Barbarian Apparel and Caldenberg's PBS Landscaping. Stay tuned. More USA Takedown after this short timeout.
1: One of the the things that Rudis did and did well is they signed our next guest. Sarah Hildebrand is uh, joining us on the Defense Soap Newsmaker Hotline. Her journey journey through the sport has been very loud and out loud, I should say, very... uh, Uh, And I appreciate that. She hasn't been afraid to be real in front of the camera, including the tears, the tears, and the emotion has been real. She joins us now on the Defense Soap Newsmaker Hotline. Good morning, Sarah. How are you?
8: Good morning. I'm good. How are you?
1: Well, having just spent the last uh, 20 minutes or so with Clarissa Chen, how do you think I am?
8: Oh, wonderful. (laughs) (laughs) A ray of light. You
1: are a ray of light for our sport. Um, When you started tackling the sport, men's wrestling was in a real tough spot. Okay. I always knew that women's wrestling could be the savior for men. I mean, after all, women have been saving men
3: (laughs) since (laughs) since the beginning of time.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But it was you, Olympic bronze medalist. You've crossed boundaries, you set a legacy. For yourself and for women's wrestling, congratulations on a job well done up to this point.
8: Oh, thank you so, so much.
1: There's so much yet to go. There's so much yet to do. Terry oh, Steiner mm-hmm. looks at you and thinks about, you know, there's there's just an, one of those guys, one of those gals, one of those athletes that can absolutely set the bar. And you're doing just that. And people oh, at Rudis understand that, obviously. We go back to the Junior <laughs> World Team in 2012-2013. You were a World University World Games team member while at King in Bristol. In 2013, a world team member in 1619, a world silver medalist at Budapest. But it was the Olympics. When you came home from Tokyo, there are many that have cried hot tears for Mm -hmm. the effort you put forward and for what you were able to accomplish. Talk to us about winning Olympic bronze. So special.
8: Yeah, it has been incredibly special, you know, and it's been really cool just connecting with people and the whole, you know, through my whole story of of the Olympics. It just I've had a lot of really amazing people reach out to me and just say that they, you know, it was emotional for them as well, and it's it just it's cool that that was translated um, mm-hmm. through my wrestling, and and it's really cool that those people, you know, took the time to tell me that, and I'm I'm super grateful for that, but. Yeah, it's been a freaking adventure through
3: um, <laughs> <laughs> it all. It's
8: totally not what you dream up, you know what I mean? Right. But uh, definitely one that I'm grateful for, and it's made me better through it all. So,
1: <laughs> You know, when I say living life out loud, okay, that generally means no secrets. There's, you know, there's no icing on the cake. It's just what you see is what you get. Yeah, the effort put forward by you, by those pioneers that have come on before you, you know, like Taylor O'Donnell's coming up next. Uh, One of my dear friends, Ah, great friend of yours as well. But, um, (laughs) you know, she lives her life out loud as well. That's one of the only T-shirts on that TV show. They don't fuzz so you can read it. It says wrestle like a girl and proudly so. When I I first saw that, I, I called Sally Roberts up. I said, is that was was said Taylor Bacher, she was Taylor O'Donnell. I said, "Oh my God! How many times? <laughs> how many times did I introduce her? You know, at events over the years, and how much respect did I have for her? Well, that really translates into you. What you've been able to do as an athlete is also be able uh, to 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 transition into coaching. You teach so well. Where does that come from?
8: Oh, thank you. You know, um. It's like probably just from getting to, you know, being an athlete myself and, and trying to give that back to the people who are coming up after me. And, and, you know, everybody has different ways of learning. Everyone has different ways of teaching. And, and so kind of things that work with me and resonate with me, um, you know, I try and put it in a way that maybe resonates with the younger generation. So I, I yeah, I hope it's coming across well. I hope people are, are learning and, and enjoying it all, but, um, and it's just a lot of fun, too. You know, it's a, it's a great way for me to learn um, as well, just through teaching. It kind of forces you to look at things in a, a whole new way, a different angle, a different light. So, um, you know, and on that end as well, it, it helps me to see things uh, as I'm teaching it.
1: You know, wrestling can be very difficult for the athletes and those in the lives of the athletes. Um, in some cases, it can interrupt the decision to have a child to be a parent, to be a child themselves. What has wrestling presented to you in terms of roadblocks? Because quite frankly, it's never easy, especially for those that really want it the most.
8: Yeah, I mean, there's just, you know, there's a lot of things that come when you're chasing down a dream. I think a lot of times I've struggled with balancing all of that. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I think you ask any elite athlete or really anybody who's just like (laughs) has their goal set and they're chasing it, it's, it can be hard. I feel like I do have a tendency to get very tunnel vision and, um, I've seen it just having to balance like my relationships with my family, being a good daughter, being a good girlfriend, you know, I mean, all of that stuff. And, um, there's times where I really come up short with all of that. And so, um, that's really something I'm working on leading into, the next quad um, is kind of finding that sweet balance and right. understanding, uh, you know, that I can be a really great partner. I can be a really great daughter and wrestler all at once. And <laughs> it doesn't have to just be this one goal. And this is all <laughs> that I am
3: you know? There's
8: so much more than that. So exactly. Uh, yeah, it's it's been a, definitely something I'm learning to balance right now.
1: One of the things I've learned about our athletes, they will always say wrestling doesn't define me. But in many ways, it does. And in fact, I think we can turn that on its ear. I think you define wrestling. Is that fair? Yeah, thanks.
8: yeah I like that a lot better.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was a little bit concerned because I, I thought maybe I skipped a beat when I saw a tweet out there with you with two very small babies in your arms. <laughs> and I'm thinking, my God, I didn't even you know, know she was, was going to have any children. <laughs> and now she's got two. <laughs> But,
8: um, yeah, no, those are my sister-in-law and brother. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you got it. I mean, I, I I worry about Team USA. I worry about um, the mental condition of our athletes. And then I worry about my own mental condition because, quite frankly, boom, uh, I thought I missed something. So I was, you know, chastising myself on the defense of Newsmaker Hotline, Olympic bronze medalist Sarah Hildebrand. I know that's not the end all be all for you. Your goals continue. You mentioned the next quad. What is next for you? Because we don't just want to jump into the Olympic hunt without competition events scheduled throughout.
9: Right.
8: Yeah. Um, Right now I'm really just uh, not wrestling right now. I'm off the mat. Um, Really enjoying life outside of that. Uh, Like I said, I'm trying to find that balance. And right Mm -hmm. now that, that works, that looks like me, you know, getting to know who I am outside of the wrestling room and loving that person. And, you know, I'm I'm lifting weights, I'm doing some cardio, but, yeah, I think I'll find my way back to the mat here soon and and really put together a a good competition schedule. Um, I also, you know, I've dropped weight classes through the years, so I've been down at 50 kilos for a little longer than I was anticipating, just with the pushback of the Olympics and then having world championships directly following. So I'm working on getting my body in a really healthy spot, you know, before I decide to cut back down or anything. So that will definitely play into, you know, my competition schedule as well. But we have a national team camp coming up um, in a week or so. And, you know, I'll really sit down with the coaches um, and seriously kind of look at the schedule, uh, even as far out through the Olympics and how, how kind of how I want the rest of the quad to look.
1: I want to ask you a question about one of your teammates, okay? Yeah. History was made in Oslo, Norway, as you well know. Six Senior World Gold Medals for Adeline Gray. Uh, And I'll I'll never take anything away from her. She is an outstanding competitor, outstanding teammate, I would imagine. But more than anything, she's become one of the great faces, as you have become, a great face for women's wrestling, dare I say wrestling as a whole. What were your thoughts when she finished her final match? As much as it was almost a surreal moment for me. What was the life oh, yeah. for you and your teammates?
8: Yeah, well, I was actually sitting in the back. I was um, in doping control. I had finished my my uh, gold medal match, and, I, you know, I was a little, I was obviously very upset. Um, I had to come up short, but I was sitting back there, and I was actually sitting with um, a Japanese woman, and gosh, like other countries, we were sitting there watching it on TV, And everybody was cheering for her, (laughs) and it was so cool and special. And I just remember she won, and, you know, it brought happy tears to my eyes. And I'm hugging the girl next to me who's not even from the United States. And, uh, you know, everyone just was so excited for her because it was so incredible. And and to do it in the fashion that she did it, just pinning her way through, uh, it's absolutely insane to think about. So uh, here I am on the hunt for my you know, just to get one gold medal and it's evading me. Um, But, and here she is just collecting them. Uh, It's insanely inspiring and (laughs) super cool to see. I can't even believe that, you know, I get to wrestle alongside of that.
1: So Uh Uh, You're one of the leaders of our sport. And I want to make sure I point that out to each and every one of our listeners. There's a reason why you're on the show. Uh, You're in high demand. Uh, You're very well represented, I think but you're an important part of team USA. And I think you recognize that even if only quietly, you've been able to take that momentum uh, early and we, and and I'm not just talking about on the mat I'm talking about in life. People want to be like you girls want to be Sarah Hildebrand. Do you feel any pressure (laughs) from that?
8: Um, No, I feel like I'm authentically being myself and that kind of takes the pressure off of that, you know, and, um, it's really just an honor and and cool thing to see that you
3: mm-hmm. know young
8: girls look up to me. Um, but I am really becoming proud of who I am, and I think that's just because it's. I think it's coming from a place of authenticity, and and so uh, I don't feel pressure in that in that regard. Um, so. So that's good that's nice but you know if anything it's just inspirational and, and it kind of motivates me it's a it's an extra little fire in the belly right. uh, so to speak just to know that there are people who are looking up to me and i can and that can carry you through days when you just really don't feel like doing anything <laughs> well, which
1: for me is like every day but friday so I, I got that going for me okay but i'm a little older than you are all right um i do want to talk to you about um teammates because having people that inspire you is one thing but working out with people that encourage you to be even better than you thought you could be in terms of weight in terms of management of time in terms of competition travel the whole bit who are those friends on the team that really help you get through some of these long trips oslo is not an easy trip well no (laughs) yeah it you know
8: that's a cool thing about the team is there's like There's so many personalities. Everyone's going to bring something different to the table. um, Something that, you know, can make you a better teammate, a better wrestler, a better person. Um, Yeah. You know, I I really feel a close bond with uh, our Olympic team. You know, it was just such a insane journey, like everything with COVID-19 and all of that, to go through that with those women. Um, Just not to mention the emotional toll, the Olympics alone take on you. Mm -hmm. Um, So, those girls, you know, they just really inspire me, really push me to be great. Um, everybody at the Olympic Training Center, which is a lot cool, which is really cool, is a lot of the Olympic team, you know, Jakara, Tamara, Adeline, um, you know, they're really special to me. I've been training with them for so many years. Um, you know, and then there's people outside of that as well, you know, who is uh, Amy Fernside, Aaron mm-hmm. Colston, Macy Kilty, all these people. Um, you know, they really push me to be – to be my best and I'm, I'm glad to get to work out with them because that really creates the whole foundation of wrestling I feel like it's, you know who you're in the room with every single day um, that's, that's the bulk of all of it isn't, right it's isn't that the plan in a
1: way. So right that's the plan to be
9: surrounded with them.
1: to be able to come into a room to unify as a group to understand that the word team is so much more especially at this level this is the level that everybody aspires to you follow me? Yeah. This is that level uh, of competing at the the Worlds in Oslo, achieving a silver medal there at 50 kilos. I remember 50 kilos. This was like third grade. Okay? <laughs> and, and and believe me, I was in no shape at 50 kilos. But uh, you literally wrestled some of the best women in the world. If you think about it, Canada's Madison Park, You don't look past her at all. Kumari Hani from India. India is coming up strong and hard and fast. Mm -hmm. Women's wrestling in India is just blowing up. But women's wrestling in the United States is, I can't even describe it. It's it's exploding before our very eyes. Some people would say it's growing too quickly. I disagree. We've got time that we need to make up. Uh, We're lucky in that. Um, you know, while we've been beating the drum for a number of years and we have been, you know, this, this is, this is the time that the women are actually, uh, able to do their job and that's compete. They're right. not sitting on any committees and talking about it. They're getting out there, getting it done. Terry Steiner, I was on the phone with him. Uh, and then I was on the phone with his wife, I think from Amsterdam. Uh, and, and, and what a, what a joy. She'll be on the program next week, by the way. I just think uh, there's there's a dynamic duo. She may be largely unheralded, but the coaches in your life understand it. They get it. And Terry's been one of those that have been able to get it all these years. Jody as well. But um, this is a very unique time for our sport. Would you agree with that?
8: Oh, 100%.
1: Incredible. <laughs> oh, and now we're seeing, you know, our women being uh, equally uh, treated. And I'd like to see you guys make more money. But equally, (laughs) equally treated in that you are getting signed by people like Rudis who are representing the athletes in that relationship, I think quite well. But when you think about a post that you put out there and it gets 10, 15, 20,000 views and likes, you know, it's not just me alone in the woods howling at the moon. No, it's (laughs) everybody is understanding what you and I've known all along that women can do it and do it so well we are lucky lucky indeed that we have athletes like you coaches like clarissa who is a wonderful former competitor sally roberts who gets the political side of things and is you know more than able to stand up and and talk the talk and walk the walk sally's been there done that and continues to do it well we're lucky to have you sarah and i for one am a huge fan ben you can follow her on uh, twitter and i think on facebook too right
8: Yep, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, the whole
1: shebang. The shebang. <laughs> it's a shebang now. Okay. I did, did you know that, Kira? <laughs> Write it down. It's a shebang.
6: Okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll put it in the glossary. In the glossary. I'm putting <laughs> together a glossary for Scott <laughs> so he can catch up a little bit. Yeah, I think the, a couple weeks ago he used YOLO for the first time. What was, oh, what was that, YOLO? Very is, hip. <laughs> uh, you, you Only Live Once. Oh, is that y- right? YOLO. Okay.
1: Yeah. I was going with Lola.
6: Oh, maybe I got it confused. Um, but before we go, yeah, uh, I have a question for you because Scott said during the last bit of the last segment, I I get to I get to talk to
3: yeah,
1: <laughs> always
6: take the mic. <laughs> so uh, the uh, this is me coming from a place where like I didn't know much about wrestling before I started producing the show. I've got to be honest, yeah. Um, So this to me seems like another chapter, like the, the rise of women's wrestling is another chapter in his, in the history of wrestling, right?
1: The history of
3: sports.
6: Um, what do you think is next? Oh gosh. You know, I'm excited. That's such a cool way of putting it because it really does feel that way. It feels
8: different, you know, like from even when I just first got to the senior scene, um, to now, like. You're right, it is a whole new chapter and it feels that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love where we're trending. I think what's next is, you know, bigger and better. I think, you know, talk about reaching all these people. Like, you know, our platforms are getting bigger and, and people are seeing this. We're we're working alongside the men's teams, um, you know, which only helps grow that and, and have people see that. So, you know, I think we're going to start seeing, you know, maybe some co-ed teams doing you know, pro duels, I think that's in the works, you know, stuff like that. Um, it's just, you know, making wrestling, you know, something that people can start doing more mm. casually and more frequently. And I think that's going to be cool. You're going to see people being able to make more money from doing this and, and things like that. I think that's where we're trending, um, in a much more like professional sport, so to say, um, You know, not that we've never always been that, but just in a more traditional sense, I think, of how we view professional sports. Um, And, gosh, women's wrestling is going to be right alongside of that, if not leading all of that. And um, it's super cool to be a part of. And I think, you know, when I'm done, all of a sudden done with my wrestling career, I'm going to sit back and look at where we're at and be like, oh, my gosh, imagine if that would have been (laughs) when I was there. You know, I'm going to be pulling one of those. So, uh, which is a great thing. It's a great place to be in. So I think that's what's next.
1: You know, you wear your success on your sleeve, but you don't lord it over others. I love that about you. You're one of the very real people out there. One of the reasons why women's wrestling is growing is because of you. And Thank you so much. Sarah, we love you, kid, and uh, continued success. Hard work goes into it. We understand that. But it starts with a bronze medal in Tokyo, a silver in Oslo, and we know that you're searching for your very first Olympic gold medal. Well I done. Get it. <laughs> well, well done. Get it, kid
8: thank you so so much have a great thank day we'll
1: do it again soon okay and up next is uh one of your friends taylor donnell
3: ah enjoy
1: <laughs> hopefully it comes along with a smoked salmon we'll see <laughs> i know right? <laughs> i'm greedy like that sarah oh, thank God. you so much best to everybody we'll talk to you soon All right. Thank you. We continue our conversation, women's wrestling, the topic of hour number two, as you might guess. We'll be back. There's more. Kara Jones, Scott Casper with you. USA Takedown on ESPN. Stay tuned.
0: Stay tuned. Casper will be right back with more USA Takedown.
1: Over the years, I've begun to realize the most important people in my life are women. Think about that. If you think about, like, Daniel Dwyer, she, I work with her uh, in the other part of my life, Hallie Hedges, Molly, I mean, so many great women in my life. My wife, Susan, obviously. (laughs) Boy, I've been, I don't know if I could get any worse as far as her regard goes if I've missed her, but at the same time, (laughs) I'm a realist all right this portion of the show brought to you by our friends at mullets restaurant downtown on first it's by the ballpark great place it's just chow how for wrestlers and by com, need hearing aids we got you covered best hearing aids at the best prices but more than that incredible customer services here.com forward slash casper use that and you'll get uh, not only uh, it'll help us obviously but it will also help you price-wise okay Next up, the dynamic and resourceful lady who became a friend of mine many years ago, but even closer after we had her on the old TV show and the radio show. She is a sports personality who hails from Homer, Alaska, a certified physical fitness trainer, and get this, kids, a former Olympic wrestler and TV star, Taylor O'Donnell joins us, Taylor Bocker, Taylor, how are you?
9: Oh, good morning. I'm super good. I'm actually at a tournament up here in Anchorage.
1: Ooh, today, but. Are you coaching?
9: Uh, yes. Okay. Yep. In Homer, where I'm from.
1: All right. So you once said, come up, see me and my husband and the kids. Got a place for you to stay. I said, I don't know that my wife could probably last it that long in, in the wilderness. And you said, we're 30 <laughs> minutes from Walmart. So <laughs> I mean,
9: okay. Well, I mean, from a grocery store, not Walmart. Either we're way. like, Three hours from Walmart, two
1: and a half hours. Well, that's the drive. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like going from downtown Chicago to the western suburbs. All right, Taylor O'Donnell, our guest. Taylor, I'm gonna, I always continue to use your name because most wrestling fans know you as Taylor O'Donnell. When I first saw you on television as part of the show, is Alaska the final frontier or the last frontier? The
9: last frontier.
1: Okay, which is, you know, I believe that to be true. But the yeah. the Kilchers, your neighbors, people you grew up alongside uh have made this into a real reality show. And, yeah. But you know when you said it's not that far, you know, it's like wrestling. It's not that far until your next competition. You are now what, thirty seven?
9: I'm thirty nine.
1: Okay, thirty nine. You don't look it by the way.
9: Oh, uh, I think. You know, but <laughs> sometimes the way, I feel it.
1: <laughs> every one of the other women that I've talked to, every one of the coaches I said, you know, I've got one of the great ambassadors of the sport to 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 finish the program. And who's that? I said, Taylor. Oh, Taylor! And they just love you so much. This is uh. this is a time when your efforts as an athlete are really paying off in spades. And by that I mean wrestling has seen such growth over the last year, two years, three years. But realistically it was on your back and those around you, those that wrestled with you, your teammates, even when we weren't competing on international weights, they still were with you and wrestling fans started to accumulate. And now it's in the thousands and thousands of people that are following women's wrestling. Do you get it?
9: Yeah. Yeah. No, I think, I think it's really, first of all, super interesting the whole, um, you know, going from, um, male dominated space of wrestling, um, bringing women into that space and girls into that space. And then now having it where like, we've come a long way as a community of wrestlers. Um, you know, my, my cohort wasn't the first pioneers. We were maybe like the second wave of pioneers, the Trish Saunders and, um, And, um, those guys came before us, but there's so many different waves of pioneers in this journey. Um, wrestlers, coaches who have you know seen the value of women being a part of wrestling and has have, have turned it into something that is beneficial for our whole sport and for our whole country as well.
1: You know, you think about the novella, if you will, by author Willa Cather, and she wrote back in 1913. It was called O Pioneers. Yeah. And the title is, of course, a reference to a poem written by Walt Whitman called Pioneers, O Pioneers, from uh, the well-published Leaves of Grass. And I think of that every time I think of you and Tricia and 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 Sally and, you know, the various generations, Sarah McMahon. And I mm-hmm. think about this and what you have been able to do because of wrestling. It was your mom that you went to and said, hey, I want to wrestle, right?
9: Yeah.
1: How did that conversation yeah. go?
9: Oh, so, um, my mom, like, first of all, to know my mom is like important. Um, she grew up on the East coast. She moved up to Alaska, just kind of trying to make it on her own. Um, I'm a only child and my mom was a single mom and she decided to, she wanted to homestead in the woods. And so she bought land. But who does Um, that? Who does that? was my mom did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She did the stairs there, um, right? I mean. Yeah. And so, and then she said, you know, oh, I want to have a kid. And so she had me, um, and she <laughs> was like, Oh, I need a house. And so she built one. Um, she felled the logs. you know, we lived in the woods, cut the logs with her chainsaw, rolled them over with come along, like used block and tackle to get one side of the log up, the other side of the log up and made a beautiful log home that, you know, um, I was raised in, and that's how I like came into the world being like, Oh, this is how it's done. You know, you, (laughs) you like, you need a house, you want a kid, make it happen. Right. (laughs) And so like that, that, I think a lot of my, um, not recognizing that, you know, people don't do what hasn't been done came from the seeds of my mom, just doing what she wanted to do and making it happen. Um, and so when I told her I wanted to wrestle, she was like, oh, okay. <laughs> you know, and it wasn't her thing. She's trained cl- as a classical mind. She studied with Marcel Marceau and Adrienne de Creux, who's a teacher in France. That's like, crazy. She's like the theater background and the artsy, creative background. And sports was, you know, not something I grew up with, and it was really different environment. And I just fell in love with sports. <laughs> in middle school, and I was so bad at all of them, and so I wanted to try wrestling, and I was really bad at that, too. But I just, I mean, (laughs) we all know. like No, you weren't. (laughs) No, I was bad. I was like, I didn't know. It took me like a year and a half to figure out how how wrestling was scored. (laughs) I I don't know. I'm a slow learner, but competent,
1: So eventually. So here's what I learned today. Ready? That your mother and one of my great mentors, Red Skelton, both learned from Marcel Marceau.
3: Oh, really?
1: But what Red taught me is that Marcel saw himself as a classical clown. Yeah. In other words, he put on the false face and became something other than what he was for real. Yeah. And so thereby even further exposing the reality of who he was. Does that make sense?
9: Yeah. Ooh, i th- interesting. I think I'm going to have to, th- like, talk <laughs> with my mom about that. And yeah. I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. she. I mean, she just has a really... I think once you train at a certain level in whatever it is, if it's, you know, wrestling, mime, anything, the the like the things that are important, um, there's consistent lessons within those, you know, the expectations of excellence, the, you know, creativity, the the fact that you're not always going with what everybody's doing. You're you're there being creative is. about how you're gonna figure out how to, you know, put yourself at that level so i, I think that yeah
1: think you know red always said that to be a clown is to bear one's soul and yeah. to be a mime is perhaps the extreme i truly believe that and yeah uh, and he, he revered marcel marcel so much your mother obviously was very strong of heart and exceedingly confident in her ability to get the job done no matter what now yeah. I, I I referenced something earlier, in building a log cabin that's one thing, but making sure there's heat, I think there's re- that's a really important thing to not overlook, especially in Alaska.
3: Yeah, yeah. She,
1: she did not have a heat source, at least one that was recognized by you and your husband. So you went and tore the tore the stairs out from your mother's house inside. How do you get to the second floor? Generally with stairs. Because she put him in a place that was inconvenient to your idea of where a wood burning stove should go. Yeah. Then your husband cuts a hole into the roof. You yeah. lay the tile, put the foundation in for the stove. He runs the pipe up to the top, flash it all in, and boom, she's got heat. And then she goes off on her own to Arizona for the winter.
9: <laughs> yeah, but then she comes back. Like, she, she, um, she is now she makes really amazing jewelry. And so she goes down there for the gem show, okay. but she just goes down there for a little bit and she comes back up and like our, our home, like the, our lifestyle is always roughing it. And my mom, like independent. And <laughs> I have independent. so much respect for yeah. your
1: mother. And I think yeah. that, you know, what's weird is that I knew you first, but respecting your mother comes from all that I've learned from you about her. Yeah. And that Thank tells you. me an awful lot about you. There was an episode yeah. on uh, the last frontier, Alaska, the, the last frontier that I saw you catch sheep as they were trying to escape jumping out of a barn. Yeah. That's how yeah. you learned to wrestle. Correct.
9: <laughs> to a degree. I mean, like whatever <laughs> physical lifestyle you have, whether if you have like a big family and you guys are always like wrestling and playing rough. Um, I didn't, I was a lonely child. So I grew up riding horses and shearing sheep. Um, in fact, Last year, I was shearing this ram and I was like, kind of like, you're kind of behind the, sh- I was like, kind of behind the sheep, like you were leg riding, right. shearing it with these like really big, intense shears. It's intense for me. And he like hit, put his head back and he headbutted me in the face and I like, <laughs> I was out of position and I, it was just like getting punched <laughs> in the face. My lip exploded, oh. there was like blood everywhere and I was like, man, it in my face. And my kids were like, oh, my God, mom cut her face off. And um, <laughs> anyway, I had to go to the like, height of pandemic. I had to go into the hospital. Oh, my. Seven stitches in my lip. Um, uh, yeah. So, like, I think, you know, our, whatever our lifestyles are, um, they can add to the willingness to get uncomfortable. And, yeah, homesteading, raising sheep, riding horses is kind of what got me there.
3: You know what's weird like-
1: is that my heart broke when you decided to retire, Aww. okay? Because <laughs> there was such a purity about you and your and your athleticism. That was evident, by the way, in the way you competed in high school. Um, but your ambition was really cut short following a okay. loss to Tina, Tina George during the Nationals. Talk to us about that, that moment.
9: Um, You know, okay, so honestly, like, I think that... I probably had a couple more years in me when it came to wrestling, but um, when I made it on the Olympic team, that was the first time I had ever really been on the top, right? I was a younger wrestler. I was only 22, I think, when I competed at the Olympics, and I think it was a little bit too much focus on winning. I still needed to develop as an athlete, Mm -hmm. um, keep it lighter, keep it funner, and and I think I got burnt out from just the – you know the the intensity of competition. Um, like I I liked it, but it just became like the reason why I, lo- I liked liked res- like I stayed with wrestling for as long as I did is because I loved it and it was fun um, and I like it brought joy to me. The the pursuit of um like being the best, being my best, was something that I could do. But being the best, it it kind of I don't know. It just didn't, it didn't key my interest long enough. And I was like, Oh no, I like after the Olympics, I was like, Oh, I need to, I need to focus on like the other parts of me. And right. you know, I've developed myself as a wrestler, but like, what am I as a human being? And so that was my drive for moving away from wrestling. And so by 2005, when I was like, I think I was up a weight class or, you know, I, I just didn't have that same passion for wrestling that I had before. And like now when I watch the Olympics, um, the, the, you know, that was a, you know, that was our first year going to the Olympics and being at that level. And there's so much excitement and we're learning as we're going as athletes, as coaches, as a wrestling world. I think that the environment that I've witnessed recently is so incredible and so positive. And I think it keeps those athletes fresh and engaged and, you know, the caliber of athletes that there are now is just, you
1: know, but that's the challenge. You know, if you think about the 2004 Summer Olympics in Athens, by the way, Athens. Okay. The very cradle of it all. (laughs) (laughs) For me, it would have been the end all. I would have retired right then and there. I would have taken my shoes off. I would have run through Athens screaming at the top of my head. I did it. I did it. I did it. But you did do it. And I, for one, am as much as I said, you broke my heart your retirement, all athletes do, but perhaps I was watching you a little bit closer because like I said, you lived and I said this about uh, Sarah as well. And Clarissa, you guys yeah. have, and this is a commonality, I think between all three of you and so many others, uh, your teammates and those have come since, but you guys live your life out loud. And mm-hmm. that is perhaps the, the greatest compliment I can give an athlete is that there's, there's no secrets Obviously, there's going to be some backstory, but there's no secrets, and that is one of the reasons why fans love you, why they love Sarah Hildebrandt and many others. Mm, but uh, I'm a fan of hers. Tre- tremendous athlete, great wife, a great daughter, mother of three kids. Have they worn out those shoes that we sent them?
9: <laughs> <laughs> I'm working on making them fall in love with wrestling.
1: I know. I tried. I tr- I did my part. I sent shoes.
9: It's true. It's true. And then if they're not using him, I'm always giving him to the next kid, you know, like letting another kid use them. That's they're what getting, we do. They're getting worn out for yeah, that's sure. That's we
1: do. How's yeah. Paul doing? Good?
9: Uh, he's good. He's fantastic. He's been like my rock. Mm-hmm. He's like brought us through a lot of tough times recently. He's like, he's amazing. I have a really good husband.
1: Well, I'm doing, I'm uh, I'm doing you some behind the scenes work. I'm, I'm, I'm absolutely trying to get you a raise on the TV show The Last Frontier.
9: <laughs> thank you yeah we'll see how that goes
1: <laughs> <laughs> i love you kid you know that and uh, uh certainly yeah. we're, we're going to keep keeping up but uh you made that dress look good uh i saw you in a picture and i can't remember who you're with but absolutely you stood out nice job out of you
9: oh uh, thank you so much thanks for bringing energy and positivity to women's wrestling and and continuing to like tell a story of how you know it's going because it's such an amazing sport it gives so many opportunities for girls and um i think that like the culture of wrestling is always always developing and getting stronger and better and um and it is made by the people who are part of it like you like um sarah like the our coaches like grassroots efforts so it's pretty amazing
1: we love it it's one of the reasons we do it is because of you taylor god bless you give my best to paul and the kids we'll talk soon Okay, awesome. Bye. There we go. One of the absolute best people in our sport, period. Hey, guests on the Defensive Newsmaker Hotline next week Roger Reyna, Zodi Zuger Steiner, Doug Schwab, Paul Wiederman, and Ken DeStefanis. You've been listening to USA Takedown on 102 FM, 1350 ESPN. We are Des Moines Sports Leader. Kira?